Views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Oh, man, just super duper welcome to everybody. Welcome. Uh, Thank you for joining us here on the Dr. Pat Show tonight. It's great, great to have you here. Yeah, you're going to hear two Jersey girls kick it up here tonight. Yep. Get ready for it. Hope you're ready. Uh, Karen Noe is joining me here today, renowned New Jersey-based psychic medium, spiritual counselor, and healer. And guess what? She's got a two-year waiting list. What does that tell you about her talent? She is also the author of The Rainbow Follows the Storm. And beyond all of that, you know, she is someone that has been out in the world, you know, really fighting the good fight from what some people would say. You know, stepping out into the world. We had a show today earlier on where we talked about what does it mean to live life authentically, You know, how to rise to that level of authenticity that calls each of us to shine. Well, I want to tell you that this is someone that can talk a lot about that. Her latest book, Through the Eyes of Another, was released by Hay House in July. And we're going to talk about that as well. What does it mean to have that sense of what our life is about? Have you ever stopped to think for one moment that your life might be in review. And what happens when we think about our lives from the point of view of having them be over? What would you want to say to oneself? Well, I'm thrilled, thrilled to have her join us here on the show today because this psychic medium, she often receives messages of regret Deceased loved ones who communicate that they are now able to see that they should have said what they should have done, how they should have done things differently. All of those things, the should have, the would have, the could have. And you all know what I'm talking about because in our lives, breathing as we do right now, we know the should have. We are living on the fence of maybe. And this is time through the eyes of one, of another, through this amazing author and psychic medium, this is how we get off that fence and start to live the lives we were meant to live. Her wisdom is uh, unquestionable. And here she is today joining us on the show so that we can all step boldly into that place that we were meant to be, that place where we are called to shine. Karen, thank you for joining me. It's great to have you on the Dr. Pat Show. Thank you so much for having me. That was a wonderful introduction. Thank you. You know, I I have to start out by just saying, yes, 
this is now we're going to have two Jersey girls kind of get together on radio and talk about uh, dead people. And I love this because I don't know about you, but I never thought my life would come to be where it is. What is it that you could say if you had to stop today and do a review of your life? What would you say so far has been some shining moments for you? For me, I would say I did a good job. I really would because I truly try to see through the eyes of everyone I meet. Sometimes it's not easy. Sometimes it's like, oh, my gosh, you know, how can I see through this person's eyes? Where are they coming from if they're not coming from a good place? But I try, and I know I'm doing the best that I can, and I could say, yes, I did a good job. (laughs) (laughs) But what happens is after we do die, we go through a life review, and we're able to see the bigger picture. We're able to see the bigger perspective of how we have treated each person. In other words, we feel as if we are that person, how they, how they reacted, how they felt when we treated them in a certain way. So I heard this, you know, when people come through in my readings, those who have died as well as those, the living loved ones, they often, often say they should have, they could have, they would have done things differently, and now it's too late. Now, I heard this too often. So I said, okay, why do we have to wait till we die to see the bigger picture, try to see through people's eyes how we're affecting them? Why don't we do it right here and right now and create peace in our lives? So that's why I wrote the book. I love this. And I love this about what you're talking about, because you're right. I mean, after we've kind of moved on, it is a little too late to do anything about it. Uh, let me ask you this question. For the people that you've talked with, and, and our listeners are going to find out a lot about the work that you do in the book, but you also talk about this idea of how people might be able to make amends, what they might be able to do. Let's step back for a little bit and just tell our listeners a little bit more about what your gift is and why this gift is so prominent in the book that you've just written. Well, the gift of mediumship? Um, Yes. Okay. About 15 years ago, I was going through a rough time in my life, and I sat at the edge of my bed, and I kind of yelled at God, and I said, am I going to be okay? And little did I know my whole life was going to change at that point. At that point, I saw, I literally saw a light coming towards me. You know, you hear the saying, I saw the light. Well, I did. (laughs) And it was coming towards me. And my first reaction was, if you're not of God, please leave. Even though I just had asked for God to help me. But the more I said that, the more it came towards me and it actually permeated inside of me. Oh. And I felt, yeah. And I felt like, I was just healed in an instant. Everything I had been going through was gone. I felt totally at peace. Such love. I cannot even put it into words. And at that time, I did hear an audible voice. When I get messages now, it's mostly telepathic, and it's not necessarily an audible voice. But at that time, I heard a voice, and it said, Lucha Lucina, Bella Lucha Lucina. And for the Italian listeners, it means light, little light, beautiful little light. And since then, I've learned it was St. Francis, uh, and that's why I'm so drawn to peace and, you know, animals and all of that. But after that had happened, I reluctantly, well, let's say reluctantly, I didn't want to share my gifts, but after that, I started to receive messages from the angels, people who've crossed over, and I didn't want people to think I was not in my right mind, so I didn't share it at first. 
But then when I did share it, it was always very specific messages that they would know without a doubt it was their loved one. It wasn't, um, you know, your great aunt is here and loves you very much. It was the aunt's name. It was something that only the two of them would know. For yeah. example, one of my first readings, when I really know this, well, there's no way I would have known this. I always bring this one up because that's what really was my turning point. I was uh, talking, I finally gave in and I started just doing healing in the back of a hair salon. I did Reiki. And as I was doing the Reiki on my client, her friend came through, and I cannot remember his name. I think it was Robert. And as he said, his name is Robert. Tell her I'm here. And I said, well, you know, could you say something? I'm saying in my head, can you please say something a little bit more? <laughs> and, he, and he shows me a kangaroo with boxing gloves on. And I said, oh, great. Now she's going to think I'm totally crazy, you know. But I said, okay, there's a man named Robert here, and he's showing me a kangaroo with boxing gloves. And she shrieked. She said, that's my best friend, Robert. He boxed kangaroos in Australia. So I said, oh, my God. You know, when things like that started happening, reluctantly, I gave in, and I started to give the messages to people. But truly, you know, I think the most important thing I could tell the listeners is not about what I can do, not at all. It's about what they can do. I think that's my calling, is to tell them how to receive messages. It's about how they can understand the signs that their loved ones are giving them. It's to understand the wisdom of those who've crossed over, you know, to understand the love and the peace that we should be sharing here on earth from the wisdom that they have given us. That, to take control of our own lives and not to, to realize. See, I know without a doubt that this is not all there is this life. I so want everyone else to know this, too. That's my wish. Well, and, you know, this is something that has been really clear in your work, in your books, and, you know, in your latest uh, book here, Through the Eyes of Another. Let's talk about the title um, of the book for a minute because, you know, so many of our listeners, they call in every day on my show uh, to get readings, and hopefully we'll open up the, the phone lines here in a minute and do it here. But they, you know, they call in, they're searching, they're seeking. And, and I, I wanted to, to just ask you to share with our listeners how this book is different than many of the other conversations that are out there right now and approaches to getting messages. Yes. Well, again, as I said before, it's the most important thing that people take, that they can do this themselves. It's not about me at all, and it's about creating peace. It's, it's using the wisdom that I have received from those who've crossed mm-hmm. to take back and give our, you know, our living loved ones a chance to create peace in our lives right here and now and not wait. It's so important. I'm so surprised that this type of book wasn't written before, you know, because, you know, from the mediums, I'm sure they get the same types of messages, you know, that, you know, I should have spent more time with my loved one. I should have done this. You know, I hear this a lot. And, and by the way, I want to say that these, the people who have crossed over are not in a bad place when they're going through this. But I, it's very important that I say this. It's the fact that they have a bigger perspective. They have a knowledge of how, what they had done, in other words. But they're not in a bad place. And, you know, like when you just know something, you say, oh, no, I should have done this differently. It's not exactly, a very, exactly. very bad place. 
Yeah. So it, it's the idea of knowing that you should have done something, but not having any guilt or shame around it. That's it. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Because we, we walk around here and you know this every time we say, oh, I should have done it. I mean, then we start to think, oh, my gosh, you know, I was talking to someone the other day and I cannot believe I sold my Starbucks stock. I should have waited. And you could just hear the regret. And now when you go on and you talk about all of the relationships. I should have been kinder to my son. Right. You know, I should have. I mean, we, we do walk around in this earth skin as if we are sad, as if we are guilt and we have shame. So what I hear you saying is that we still have the should when we pass over, but we've left the guilt and shame here. Exactly. That's exactly what I was saying. <laughs> and what happens, um, yes, 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 yes. And after we, um, oh, so when I was trying to figure out how to do this, how yeah. to try to see through the eyes of another person, and I stood there and I said, okay, I really need to know how we could create a life review, just as if we were passed out of our body, how could we create a life review right here and now? So what you need to do is sit down and think about the loved ones in your life, those closest to you, you know, maybe your husband, your wife, your children, brother, sister, mm-hmm. mother, father. And yourself as well. And you sit down and you, you, you write a letter to them. There's different types of letters. Forgiveness letters, letters of appreciation, letters to deceased loved ones, as well as letters to ourselves. And see how you would be seen through their eyes. Now, see, yeah, that's very difficult. It is. Yes. Because I had been going through a divorce at the time of, this was, I did an experiment in this book, and, and a lot of people participated, myself included, Myself, and I was going through a divorce, and it's so easy to get wrapped up in what's going on in your own life. Yeah. You know, and I certainly didn't want to hurt anybody, let alone my kids. I love them so much. So what I, what I did in this letter-writing experience, I tried to see how this whole divorce had affected them. And I sat down and wrote a, a letter of appreciation, a letter of forgiveness, saying, I never meant to hurt you. But this is what happened, you know, so they could see where I was coming from, so they could understand it better, and they understand that they were being hurt, too, that they know that, you know, I know that they were hurt through this whole thing, and I was so sorry for it. I never meant to, to hurt them, and it, 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 I hurt them nonetheless, unfortunately, but at least they understand that I didn't do it on purpose, and my, my relationship with them was, was renewed, you know, it was mm. incredible after that. And and it's an ongoing process. It's not just the letter writing. You know, it, it mm-hmm. continues even after you write these letters. Well, then, you know, I, I think it, what you just shared is a very, very painful situation. Yes. And it's a situation that most of us, um, whether we've broken up with a, uh, a partner or a husband or a wife or have lost a job, um, or have had to fire people we didn't want to, whatever that is, you're talking about something that really goes so deep into the soul and into the cells of our body that it's hard to even ex- describe at some level what that level of pain was like for you yes. in going through that process. Yes, and mm. the most important thing, I learned so much from this exercise as well because in reality, my ex-husband and myself, nobody was right or wrong. Mm. Nobody was right or wrong. It was just that we were different from each other. Very different. I mean, could you imagine being married to someone like myself? <laughs> Very caring, <laughs> you know, that type of thing. So when you see it from their point of view, and I wrote one to my ex-husband as well, 
<laughs> you know what I mean? And he's a good guy and I'm a good person. Pretty, You know what I mean? And I saw that too, which was extremely important. I'm not pointing the finger and blaming him the rest of my life. I hear that a lot with people who come to see me, you know, and they just hold on to this resentment for so many years. And it's, you know, there's a saying, it's not the snake bite that kills you, it's the venom that's left behind. Right. And the most important thing I could tell people is to let it go. Let it mm. go. Try to see it from the other person's point of view. That It takes two to create friction to create, you know, discord, and to try to see the other person's point of view. It doesn't mean that they were right sometimes, because I also have clients whose, you know, whose mother abused them and things like that, but it does mean to try to see through their eyes why they did what, they're, what they did. I had one uh, person in the book, she couldn't forgive her mother for so many years. Her mother physically and mentally abused her. And she said, how am I going to see through her point of view? And I said, well, let's try. You know, what was her life like? And she had been the youngest of nine children, and she had gone through the same things herself. She was abused and all of that. Now, does this make it right? No, I'm not saying it makes it right, but it's, it, you come from a, an understanding of why she did it. Maybe she didn't know any better. It was familiar to her. And when this person wrote the letter to her mother, she finally was able to release all this resentment that she couldn't do on any other level. She had tried therapy and meditation and all sorts of healing, and nothing worked in, until this letter-writing exercise. And there was also another woman, I always like to bring her up as well, Kathy. She had been going to therapy, uh, I think it was three years, and her therapist said the letter-writing had done in one month what three years of therapy couldn't even come close to. Oh. So that shows you the power of trying to see through the other person's right. eyes and trying to, you know, and it's also very important to teach, to tell the other person how much you love them and what you love about them because they don't know unless you yeah. say it. You assume they know it, but they don't. You know, I love the way you uh, sing, the way you, you know, whatever it is. Right. Uh, so it's very important to tell out. I, I, I think it's right. And, you know, you're really, you know, uh, for those of you that are just tuning in, Karen Noe is joining me to, here today. We are going to take your calls and do on-air readings tonight. And let me just make sure I give you the number to do that. We have a toll-free number here, 888-627-6008. That is toll-free. And the United States and Canada, 888-627-6008, toll-free. Uh, please call in. Get in the queue for your reading with Karen Noe. Karen, you know, you said a couple of things that are so important. I really, first of all, I, I really want to honor you uh, uh, to take this on in the way you have. Because okay, I, I, I think it is really important right now. We have gone through, and you know this in this country, we have gone through some horrific deals these past three to four years. You know, people have lost their homes. They've lost their jobs. You know, there's so much that has happened to to folks' lives that they've never thought would happen. Uh, and they're, they're at this place where there's so much pent-up anger, resentment, guilt, shame. You know, if I would have only said this to my boss, if I would have only saved more money, if I would have only let my house go and not use my life. I mean, we could go on and do a whole show on this. So what you're saying, though, gives folks a pathway to freedom. 
Exactly. And don't mm. have any regrets. Do what you think you should do and do it now, you know? And it's very important. And say, you know, tell you the people who you love how much you love them. And if there is something wrong going on in your life, try to see what the lesson is in it and the blessing. Sometimes we cannot find that blessing, but there always is. Somebody might lose a job, and then they find a better one. Besides, they hated the job to begin with, something like this. You know, they go into a divorce, and they find somebody else who's more on their level. Or whatever it is, you didn't get into the college that you wanted, but you went somewhere else, and you found your, you know, your future wife. And when you see the blessing in everything and try to sit down and say, okay, this is going on, but what am I learning from it? I'm not saying it's always easy. That's for sure, especially when there are negative people in your life. And and I am not saying that they are right, but I'm saying if it, it takes two to tango. So if somebody is being in a bad way with you, try to send them love. It, Sometimes people say to me, well, you're crazy. I can't send them love. But try it. You'll see the energy is dissipated. You can't solve a problem with the same energy that started it. Well, I think this is really, I mean, and the book is, is so brilliant in this way. And, let, you know, I want to talk about this. I want to talk about this life review because anyone that's ever been through um, a life-changing experience at many, many levels um, has experienced some of the things that you've talked about. But also, you know, when I went back and I, I, I kind of did the same kind of review you did, you know, in my separation as well. You know, I went back and I looked at myself at the time, and I, I'm kind of like you. It's like, are you kidding me? I was a corporate executive. And I, I know. I was a corporate executive with a portfolio and a list of accomplishments that anyone would have loved. And then one day I was taken over by the woo-woo genie. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm talking about. I sure do. (laughs) I know. My family says it happened to you when you went to that crazy place, Seattle. All of those people out there, they're all a little bit weird. But you were supposed to be there. I I was. Right. I was supposed to be there. And now I get to talk with people like you and learn so much in in the process and so what i want to say is you know first of all i want to let everybody know we have opened up the phone lines and we will take your calls for live readings tonight 888-627-6008 before we go on can you tell folks what the best way is they can find out about you your book your radio show all of the above Sure. Well, first of all, they can find me on Facebook, Karen Noe, N-O-E, author. Okay, so that's Facebook, or my um, website is www.karennoe.com, K-A-R-E-N-N-O-E.com. I'd also love to answer questions about this whole process, if, if people would like to talk about that as well, because I think that would even be maybe more beneficial. Yep, I actually have an instant feedback question that did come in, okay. and and it, and it is exactly about the process, so okay, let me go ahead sure. and get it out there. Um, hi, Dr. Pat. What a great show. I would love to know more about this process. I think I understand what Karen is saying about writing letters, but I'm not really sure how this all works. Uh, do I write a letter to my dis- my 
deceased mom? Or is this letter for my eyes only? Great questions. That's a very good question. It is for, it depends on what you would like to do. And these, these types of letters are for living as well as deceased. De- depending if you had uh, regrets with somebody who's crossed over, you can still write to them and they would be able to see it as well. If you want to mail the letters to those who are still living, you may do so. If you feel guided not to, you don't have to. But at least that energy was released. Now, I have. I would love to share uh, one of the experiences with writing to one of my deceased friends. Perfect. It was great. Um, her name was Marion. And what happens is after we pass over, the same, the same personality of who they were continues even after the body dies. So the energy continues. If they were loud, they're still loud. If they were <laughs> quiet, they're still quiet. Now, Marion was sarcastic, very funny, and very, um, she did everything for everyone. But her personality, she was very loud. So it was no surprise what happened after she passed. Um, I wrote a letter to her telling her how much I loved her. And I, I said, and by the way, Marion, I want, a with, I call it a without a doubt sign from you to let me know that you read what I wrote to you. So I wrote it. I just said, sent it out to Marion. And I was, you know, I forgot about it. A couple of days later. I was walking down the stairs of my house to put letters in my, you know, in my mailbox, and a bird came swooping down, screaming at me, looking at me directly in my eyes, and just started screaming at me. Now, by the way, our loved ones could come in the, in the form of a bird, a ladybug, a butterfly to let us know they're around. So it's not that they're always a bird, a ladybug, a butterfly, but they're able to use their energy to say, "Hey, I'm there." So what happened was this bird is screaming at me. I knew immediately it was Marion saying that she had heard, she had read what I had written to her. And I was outside. This bird is screaming at me. And I said, oh, my God, Marion, I love you. I love you. Thank you. I'm so glad you're okay. My neighbors were across the street, and they're watching me. They must have thought I lost my mind. But I took out my cell phone, which was in my pocket, and I called my son who was in the house, and I said, Tim, come outside. Marion is here. Now, Tim is so used to me. (laughs) He said, what? I said, just come outside. So he came outside, and he saw this bird screaming at me and following me to the mailbox and still looking at me in my eyes and just screaming when I'm, I'm really loud. Eventually, she flew away. Two days later, a mutual friend of ours, Carol, she called me and she said, what is going on? Marion has been coming. I said, don't even say it. And I explained what, I, what she did to me. And she said, okay, wait till you hear this. She said, I opened up the sliding door to my kitchen. A bird came flying in, dirtied all the walls, and then just flew right back out. And we knew that was Marion. It was so typical of her personality. <laughs> So what I would love to tell the listeners is if you do write to your deceased loved ones, trying to see through their point of view, you could write a forgiveness letter, a letter of appreciation. Now, when I say forgiveness, let me backtrack. If you need to forgive them or you want them to forgive you, there's two types of letters, and I talk about that in Through the Eyes of Another, how to write each of these letters. Um, So you write these types of letters, and then at the end you say, and I would love to get a without-a-doubt sign from you to let me know you read or you have heard what I had said to you. And just watch out because you're going to get a sign. I love the signs that we get for our loved ones. Most people don't realize that we do get signs. 
and we get them well, all the time. Yeah. I know, you know, this is really so, really cool uh, to talk with you about because, um, you know, we were sitting there, uh, I was talking to my best friend Linda, and she is a producer of the show and is actually the person that actually booked you for the show. And her mom passed away several weeks ago, and she was sharing an experience that she was having um, as she was sitting out on her mother's deck because they still have the house and so forth. And all of a sudden she looked to the sky and the cloud formed a picture that looked exactly like her mother with her hair done beautifully. And she screamed for her brother, you know, to, to come. And she said, you know, I mean, it was a, a major event because it really did look like Joan. But sometimes it's hard to know what to do with that. I said, Linda, what do you think that means? What was Joan trying to say to you? Uh, and, and part of this is sometimes we cannot make the connection. Why do they come to us? Why, like in your case, why, like in her yeah. case? They come to let us know that they're okay, and All they right. want us to be okay, too. Basically, mm-hmm. that's the bottom line. They say, hey, I'm still here with you, watching over you. I'm aware of what's going on. I want you to be okay, too. You know, so that's very important. And you know, these types of signs I hear all the time, and I try so hard when I teach my classes, and I try to teach people that while it is okay to go to a medium like myself, but the most important thing is to take it in your own hands. What happens the rest of the of the year, you know, when you need to know if your mom is around you? You ask them for a without a doubt sign. You look for dreams when you have, you know, there's two types of dreams. There's a subconscious, subconscious dream and a real visitation from our loved one. And when you get a real visitation in a dream, you know without a doubt they were with you. You know, these types of things people get all the time. Yeah. And they discount it. Um, and to look for signs like finding feathers or pennies or, you know, if a car cuts you off, notice the license plate. It might be your loved one's birthday. And the best part is most of us, our first reaction is, that's my mom, that's my dad, that's whoever it is. And then you say, ah, oh, no, how do I know for sure? Then you discount it, you know? I do know. I mean, I mean, yeah. this is part of, you know, this this place that we um, we actually have to give ourselves permission to go, Karen. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're you know, we're talking about a process when we're talking about the letters, we're talking about your book. But we actually do have to give ourselves permission to take those steps. I mean, even with Linda seeing such a clearly carved depiction of her mother. <laughs> Her, the hair, just the way Linda used to do it for her, everything, just so clearly depicted. And the brother came out and said, I don't believe it. Oh, boy. And then she doubted what she saw. Well, she didn't. She just told her brother to shape up its Joan. Um, okay, good. Because she, she, she knew it. Yes. Good. I think I'm the, glad. Because- I, yeah. Doesn't the difficulty come with the interpretation of what that means. I mean, I know what you said, and this is important, and I hope Linda will listen to the show if she's not listening to it now, mm-hmm. you know, to just know that, oh, you know, yes. they do come to us to Absolutely. let us know they're okay. Oh, it's very, you know, very scientific. Energy doesn't begin, it doesn't end. That energy of who her mother it was, still is, 
and she wants her to know that she's there. So that that's incredible, and it's a, one of the best stories I've heard. <laughs> you know, to to see her whole face and everything—that's amazing. Oh my gosh! And you know, you're in New Jersey, so you know how the clouds roll in and out. And yeah. you guys, yeah. I mean, it it was a beautiful moment. It actually brought her to tears. Oh, I know. Um, at I, uh, so many levels. I had I lost my own mom about a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. And I do, you know, feel her around, but she was a very quiet woman. As I was explaining before, the energy of who they were continues. So she was quiet. So I said, Mom, I need to hear from you. I need it without a doubt sign. I would love to hear your audible voice one more time. So I was very specific. And I would love the listeners to be very specific in what they want. I know it sounds, they think they're being selfish or they're holding them back, but if you could do this for your loved one, if your mom could do this for you, wouldn't? why wouldn't she? Right? right? So I asked her for, I need to hear an audible voice. And one day I was home and I took a nap. And I had a quote unquote dream, but it wasn't a dream. And in the dream, I was in a crowded place. And my mom's voice comes over the loudspeaker. And she says, I have an important announcement. I have an important announcement. I am okay. And I love you. Mm. Wow. And then the phone rang, woke me up, and I felt like I won the lottery. Mm. I just, you know without a doubt when you get this type of message from your loved one, you know it. So don't let anyone, if you get a sign like this, say, oh, I don't believe it, such as Linda's, was it her brother that said that he didn't believe it? Well, I I think he was shocked to see it so clearly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, because they're in a very tough time, like any family is, when, you know, you have to sort through things and you have to go through the belongings of the house. And, you know, you're really trying to move on, but yet there's so much grief. You know, I wanted to ask you around this, uh, uh, around this idea of forgiveness and what role this plays, not only in the process, but in the work that you do. Because beyond the guilt and the shame, we do have some areas in our lives where we get angry, mm-hmm. angry at our deceased ones. You know, yeah. angry, why did you have to take that car ride and get in that car accident? Yeah. You know, why didn't you just keep fighting harder? Right. Those kinds of things. How do we reconcile these things? I mean, have you worked with people that yeah. are kind of stuck Absolutely. there? You mm-hmm. have to try to see that they, if, for an example, if someone did ride a motorcycle and, and their mother said, don't ride a motorcycle, and then they die in a motorcycle accident. That's one example. Um, the mother's angry that her son did this. You have to, I have to counsel them and say, well, certainly he didn't know this was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he just wanted to have a ride. You know, he, he never intended to to hurt you and you try to see from his point of view he loved to ride a motorcycle and try and when you really talk this through they can understand it better they really can you have to try to see through the other person's eyes and it's not always easy you know as i stated before and if if they were not a good person and they abused you such as my um client in the book donna yeah yeah and her mother passed, and, and how could she see through her mother's eyes when she did so many things to her? She, you know, broke her nose and did all sorts of things. How, how can you forgive someone? 
You don't forgive the action, but you forgive the person because they did the best they could at the time. No one really intentionally hurt somebody. I, I believe that because we all have God within us. We all are pure love, and that's whether or not we feel it or not, and we're not acting in a nice way, that's because we're not feeling who we really are. And her mother had to have been in a very bad place to do all these things to her. She had to have been because you just can't hurt people like that. That's not within us. We have, you know, we're truly love and peace. That's who we really are. So, you know, it's not always easy, though, I, I have to say. And there's sometimes in my own life that, you know, if I, if I encounter someone, or like, where, where did that come from? <laughs> you know, right. I have to sit there myself. And there's something called emotional freedom technique, you know, tapping. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, I do that a lot. You know, the tapping, <laughs> what that is, it is um, we have acupuncture points where negative energy is stored. And I tap on those points, and I, you know, I try to say, this hurt me. And so, you know, because we have to honor ourselves as well. We can't carry around this resentment. Because you know what? It does us more damage than it does the other person. It does. want to get rid of that energy. It does. I don't, you know, that. Get rid of it. It does. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Yeah. So. yeah. Karen, one of the things that I don't know if you've been, you watch television at all. I, I imagine you're very busy. But one of the things I was really struck by, because I'm watching the Olympics, right? Yeah. Uh, one of the things I was struck by, there's a commercial that has come on here recently. And I didn't really understand it at first because I'm not really, you know, I'm, I'm watching TV, but I'm not. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm a multitasker. I'm reading a book and I'm watching the TV. <laughs> but the commercial comes on and there's this young boy and he's trying to put on a T-shirt. And on his T-shirt, there's a word. And I think the word is where are. And, there are, and the, the commercial is about... The last thing he was texting before he got into a car accident that created this condition. And then there are other commercials like this. One of a sister that shows the word uh, yay or something. And and that's the last word she ever received or the text message she sent to her sister who then had a car accident and killed herself. I really thought of you when I was watching these the other day because I was trying to figure out, I mean, these are very powerful commercials that are designed to get people to stop texting. Do you think it really does, though? That's my question. All I thought, I'll tell you what I thought about. I just thought about the guilt and shame that was coming across that screen. I had more, I had so much compassion for that one young woman uh, whose sister decided to read her text while driving and was killed instantaneously. And I could feel that energy come through my bones. Do you think that the people that have passed on really want us to use that energy that way? That's, I don't think so. Because you're bringing more negativity to it. You're bringing more Mm -hmm. energy to it. Um, I'm trying to figure out a better way of doing it or just pay attention to how you're driving, you know, save the text for later or something like that. Mm -hmm. I I really believe that that would be more helpful because you get what you think about most of the time. That's just the way it is. It's a law of attraction. And you want to think about positive things, driving safely, you know, getting to your destination, being in a safe car, being in, you know, that. Think positive, mm-hmm. positive uh, affirmations and situations like that. But when you talk about this, it's a horrible, horrible thing. And where it might save some lives, it also creates a lot of neg- negativity in that situation and yeah. brings more attention to it, which can actually make it happen. 
I know it sounds crazy, but you know what? You get what you think about most of the time. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I mean, it presents a very interesting point of view. I was talking about it the other day on one of my shows, and, mm-hmm. you know, we were talking about, do you think really, you know, these are our spirit guides giving us a tool really to, to bring attention to something? And that really leads to my next question for you. For you. Um, there are so many people that you've worked with, so many clients that you've had. Have you ever worked with a client where you thought, wow, I don't know what to do with this message I'm supposed to give you. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I always, the intention is always positive, even with the messages. And if there Mm -hmm. is something negative going on, if they're Mm -hmm. trying to say that there's, say, a health issue, I'll say it in a positive way. I won't say, you, you know, you have this. I'll say, you know, how's your stomach doing? You know, maybe you want to you know, get get that looked at or something. It's no don't nothing to worry about, but just, you know, get it looked at. Something in a positive way so that they do get help but they're not freaking out about it. You know, I make sure because you know something, the words that you say, they're they're so affected by the way you say them. And it could be a self fulfilling prophecy if you say something negative. It could actually happen to them because they think it's going to happen. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, I know you're familiar with the work of Doreen Virtue, right? Sure. Yeah, she uh, actually Dor- endorsed my first book. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And she and her son, and I think it was mainly her son, mm-hmm. uh, did something brilliant. You know, she started to do the radio, and her son was part of the production and helping her with that. Well, you know, if you're in radio like we are, Every day, our our world is about words, but it's also about sound waves. You know, we edit shows. We actually, you know, look at how words show up digitally. Mm. So these book, this book, this angel words book that um, she and, and Grant put out depicts pictures of what the sound waves are wow. of different vibrations and energy. It's a fascinating book. And, you know, I think that what you're saying is really a huge lesson for us. Yeah. I mean, how do we learn this lesson, Karen? How are, what is it going to take to get individually and globally that our words really do have power? They really do. I mean, if we spoke positively, we would get more positive things in our, in our lives, and there wouldn't be any more war. If we could hear the other person, the other leader, and really hear where they're coming from, and they know they're being heard, that could create more peace. War is not going to solve that problem, because they're not, the other person's not, you know, that this country's not hearing the other country, and there's fighting going on. You cannot solve a, a problem with the same energy that started it, you know? But the power of words, there was a gentleman, and oh, I can't think of his name right now. Maybe you could remember he wrote the book about words with water. Yes, yes. Um, Dr., what is his name? Emoto, Dr. Emoto. Yes, and he um, stated different words to, uh, and the crystal form with love and peace and beautiful words, and it was beautiful crystals formed in the water. And then he said other words, hate and, you know, bad things, anger, things like mm-hmm. that, and the water formed into very bad patterns. And that just shows you we're mostly made out of water. What are our words doing to us? Just think about that, you know, and if you don't want to do it for anybody else, 
do it for yourself. But in reality, when you are doing it for someone else, you are doing it for yourself as well because we're all one anyway. Well, I think this is part of, you know, we started the conversation out talking about your latest book, which is, uh, you know, absolutely amazing. Um, And I want to continue this in talking about the energy of things. And what I mean by that is that we started talking about energy and how we're all connected and what this all means. Um, What is the most significant thing we can do? in this moment, in this day, to support another. Love them. Accept them for who they are. And don't don't try to force our ideas on someone else. Try to see where they're coming from and allow them to be who they are. They Mm. don't have to be us. They don't have to be exactly the same as us. We may not understand it, but let's try. You know, Mm. let's try to see where they're coming from. Nobody, as I was standing before, you could be in a marriage and you both think you're right, and you're going to get a divorce, you both think you're right. So if you're able to see the other person's point of view, you could create peace in your life and in the life of theirs as well as and in the world. Well, this is really kind of brings me to this conversation about, you know, your work and, and your workshops and some of the other things that you do. Uh, here you are host of your own radio show now. Uh, You've got this amazing book that uh, our friends at Hay House have uh, put out there for you. Uh, When you look ahead at your life, what do you see are the most important things for you to pay attention to? Well, with this new... um I'm trying to find the words. Now that I am at Hay House, I can reach more people to try to spread the word about love and peace and how you could create, by seeing through the eyes of someone else, peace Mm. in your life, and to bring it to more people in the world. And you could actually change the planet. Each of us can do that. But when you have a platform such as a Hay House book, you know, you could spread the word and feeling. And, you know, not everybody's going to hear it. They're going to say, oh, I can't do that. But I assure you, if they could hear this message, it's one of love and peace that they will really create peace in their lives if they could see this, what I'm trying to say. So what I'm, where I see myself years from now is spreading it more and more throughout the world to, uh, to make a difference. And so we could do it. This is really kind of, uh, you know, the the idea that we're waiting for our neighbor to do it first yeah. or we're waiting Somebody, for our, you know, our coworker to do it first or we're waiting for Karen, it's your job. Why don't you go right. do it? You're, you know, you're this published author by Hay House, you know, why don't you and Hay House go do it? You know, <laughs> what can we learn from our folks that have passed over? Right. What can we learn from them to to help us become more accountable for our own destiny? We can learn that they are going you're going to see that later on. You don't have to wait and you should do it. Not should. There's no should. But if Uh you did it right here and now, you could create peace in your life. And um, little things like telling your loved ones how much you love them and why and why they're so important in your life. You know, I hear these regrets so many times. I should have told him how much I loved him. I should have told him I loved the way he wrote or the way he sang. Things like this. Don't wait. Tell them now, you know. The greatest experience that that came out of this for me 
as I stated before, my mom passed away, and I had written a letter to all my children, my ex-husband and my father and my mom. And my mom, thank God, I had a wonderful relationship with her. So this was not a letter of forgiveness or not a letter of, you know, trying to find out why she is the way she is. But it was really a gratitude letter. And some of it was a letter of forgiveness for myself, saying things like, I should have spent more time with you. You know, this was before she passed. I wrote this letter to her. Um, You know, I wish I lived closer to you. You're the best mom. It was something like this. Now, what happened was she was in hospice. It was a week before, a couple of days, not even a week before she passed. And her hospital bed was in her living room. I went into her bedroom, and she had the letter I wrote to her a year before that right on her desk. So what I did was I took the letter, pulled up a chair next to her bed, and I had all the words that I needed to say to her were right there, and that you know, right there. Everything I loved about her, and I was reading the letter to her. She was unresponsive up until that point. She was in a coma. But I was reading these le- the words of love and how much I appreciated all she did for me. You know, she was a single mom and all of this. And, and I was reading these words to her. And as I was reading them, her whole face changed. She, she lifted her hands to her face and she started crying. She had heard me. And these were my last words to her. How thankful I was that I had them right there. You know, but we don't have to wait until somebody passes you know, to tell them how much we love them. That's the whole point is if we tell them right now because it really will make a difference in your life and in their lives as well. Wouldn't you like to know if somebody really loves you <laughs> and well, what they I, love about you, right? I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm listening and I'm making little notes uh-huh. and I'm writing down. Already I've got almost a full page of people that after this call, mm-hmm. I need to pick up the phone and call and do just that. Yes do just that i mean you and i it's interesting i've had a couple people here in the last month that have made their transition and moved on my 93 year old uncle and i thought to myself you know he moved on very unexpectedly i thought what should i have said to him that i didn't say I mean, don't you think that in his 93 years around i could have found the time to tell him how off, awesome and amazing he is. But I mean, we all do that. So don't feel guilty about it either. Well, I mean, this is really the trick, isn't it? Yes. This is really the trick. Yes. Because we are exactly. so good at guilt and shame. I exactly. come from an Italian family. Oh, me too. Know? <laughs> right. And I, I'm just saying here, you know, there is a side of this where if there were one lesson I think we could learn from your book, there are many lessons, by the way, it would be the lesson to really clear the energy, especially around guilt and shame. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah, and to remember that our folks, when they move on, I mean, as you so brilliantly point out in the book, they're not taking any of that stuff with them. No, they're not. They're in a wonderful place of pure love and peace, you know. So, um, but you know, I wanted to say this: it's not too late for you to write to your your deceased uncle. Anyway, you can uh, still no. do it and say, "Give me a without a doubt sign," and I'd love to hear. By the way, the sign that you get, because you will get one. <laughs> there is no question. If I'm going to get a sign, it is going to be from him for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, 
I wanted to ask you one last uh, question, and you know, it came, it's coming in from one of our listeners mm-hmm. um, here. Um, what if I write – oh, this is a very good question. Hi, Dr. Pat. Hi, Karen. Wow, this is a great show. I, I, wish, I wish you guys were going to be doing this longer, but I want to get this question on air. Okay. What if I write a letter to someone and they don't want the letter? Wow, this is a good question, That's a isn't it? Very good question. Yeah, what do we what? do with that? What you do with that is you did the right thing, and you just know it, and it's released from your energy, and you did the right thing. If, now, remember, this is very important too that the letters are very positive letters. They're not, you know, saying, "Look what you did to me." You know, this is not what I'm talking about. It's not if it's a forgiveness letter, and you don't you don't write. You know, you did this to me. No, it's I love you, and you're trying to see from their point of view the bigger picture, mm-hmm. and they're going to feel heard. And it, you know what? If they don't want the letter, you did the right thing, and you will have no regrets when you pass because you know you did the right thing. So I say, and also you ha- you have the option of not mailing the letter. You could write the letter, get it off your chest, off your energy, send it to their higher self. And don't mail it because they're going to feel it subconsciously anyway. That and they're going to feel, you know, that this energy is released as well. So that's a very good question. It's a yeah. great question. Uh, thank you for that question. And we've got one more question I want to get on the table here from one of our listeners, and that question was from Marlene. Uh, this question's coming in from Josie, and uh, we have an instant feedback mechanism that people are very aware of at Transformation Talk Radio and the Dr. Pat Show. They get to ask their questions okay. uh, throughout the show. This question comes in, and and it says, uh, the question is, hi, Karen, hi. Dr. Pat, um, I I wanted to ask you about uh, becoming a medium. Is this something that we have to become? Uh, are some people more gifted than than others? Right. Do we we all have the ability, Karen, to perhaps see what you see? This is a really good question. That's a very good question. I truly believe that we all have the ability to receive messages. The question is whether or not you realize how to do it. Uh, a lot of our messages that they come, they come as thoughts that just pop in your head. They come telepathically, and most are not aware of that. Um, so they think it's their own thought. Do you know what I mean? So that's one yeah. of the most, yeah, if it's your own loved one, you're thinking about them anyway. So when this thought pops in your head, you just think you're thinking about your loved one. What you need to do is know when the thought just pops in your head or if there was an originating thought that came first. So, but the, the the most important thing to know is everyone can receive messages. Just as everyone could play the piano, some could play a little bit better than others. Some play scales, and some play great masterpieces. The same with mediumship. You know, some people just can receive more messages, and especially if you do it all the time, of course, you're going to get more messages than someone who's not aware of how to do it. But once you know how to do it, if you learn how to meditate, for example, quiet your thoughts. Most important, I tell people to do, is because if they're coming as thoughts and you're thinking a mile a minute, they can't get in your head. <laughs> so <laughs> things like that, you know, and I teach people how to do that. And absolutely, we all can do it. And you know what? When you do get messages, trust that you are getting a message. Don't discount it because then your loved ones are going to forget. They'll say, forget it. They're not listening to me. And they'll stop. Do you know what I mean? And look for signs. The most important thing is I teach people to look for those signs. 
you know, look at the, the ladybug, the butterfly that lands on you, you know, the bird that pecks at the win- at your window, the feathers that you're finding, the money. Uh, Everything. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I love this. And, uh, boy, I hope you will come back because there's so much that – Absolutely. Uh, and we didn't get to all of the questions, but I totally understand what you're saying. I mean, last summer I had a robin – uh, where I live, that kept trying to get into the glass door. Now, <laughs> yeah, that's everybody enough. around the house, look, you know this, robins don't do this. No. They don't do that. They don't try to get through the glass door. Right. Uh, but this robin, for like a month, would come to, and then would march back and forth in front of the front door. Wow. And I know. And so do you think that I would probably put, no, I didn't put it together. So then about a <laughs> month later, right, a hawk, a oh hawk my comes and tries to get through the glass window. And then when it doesn't get through the window, it sits on the, on the table out here. Now, do you think I still would have paid attention at that point? <laughs> <laughs> but now you know this is their way of trying to let you know they're around you, you know, and, and that's big. You couldn't get a bigger bird than a, than a hawk. So Exactly. So was something going on in your life at the time? That's... Absolutely. And, okay. you know, absolutely. I mean, I was in such a place of doubt. Okay. You know, I had just, yeah, a place of doubt. I had been battling a, a, a disease since 2004. I mean, you ever have one of those days where you wake up and you say, oh, my God, I wish I was a shape shifter. You know, I wish I could, I wish I could shape shift and become Britney Spears today. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not today. But we all have those moments. Karen, thank you so much. Oh, thank uh, you so much. Karen Noe, everyone, please get a copy of at least that book. Fabulous. Go to her website, karennoe.com, and I hope you will come back and join me on my daytime segment on the Absolutely. Dr. Pat Show. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you all for tuning in, turning us on. We love you, love you, love you. Uh, expect great things from us in the next couple of months. We're doing a lot of really cool things, and you're involved. We'll see you next time on the show. Listening to Transformation Talk Radio. Our hosts are setting a new standard for a fresh kind of talk radio, creating conversations that are transforming the world one listener at a time. Transformation Talk Radio's mission is to broadcast a distinct blend of live talk radio interviews with a mix of uplifting and intelligent news, educational and practical information. Topics range from personal development to critical issues relevant to a rapidly changing world. 
Stay tuned. Transformation Talk Radio starts at the top of every hour. 